Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how to grow their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. Welcome back to the Grit Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu, the growth automation software for real estate, and uh, your host of the show. And today, I'm honored to have Tom Ferry with me. Like, this is... Like I've hit it now, Tom, now that you've been on the show. So now I'm going to become, you know, famous worldwide. But uh, anyway, super grateful to have you here today. I would call you the Tony Robbins of real estate. That's kind of how I view you. Um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Tony. Uh, I know you do too. I actually saw you at a Tony event before I knew. I didn't really know. I mean, I knew who you were, but I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't know you which, at the time. Which event was that? Uh, was see, I there with one of my kids? Was it the firewall? I don't, I don't recall, but Spring, my wife Spring, pointed out, "Hey, there's yeah. Tom, there's Tom Ferry right up there." So we were just behind the front section. We were in the VIP on the front row, and you were just yeah. Right so yeah, probably I took uh, I had like I want to say over the course of three summers, both of my now adult uh, sons, one now nineteen, one twenty-one, uh, you know, both came to be like, "I'm in a little bit of a funk," and. What do I do? Yeah. And I'm like, you do know what I do for a living, right? They're like, dad, I just can't listen to you. Like, it's just different, right? I'm like, yeah. okay, I know, I know where we can go. And okay. I took them both to, uh, to go experience that, which is hysterical because his same production company is the same production company that I use, right? A lot of, a lot of crossover. So yeah. you've been to my summits where like, we'll find that occasional person who's got a funny looking on their face and then they'll throw it up on the big screen and make everybody right. laugh. Exactly. And they did that. They did that to me every time. Oh, I love it. It was so, awesome. So anyway, it's always great to get those refreshers, yeah. but, but yeah. uh, seeing you there, um, just, and, and a lot of what you say, I actually, uh, I, I just, you guys are a lot, this, you're very similar in a lot of ways. So um, also your social presence, your social presence is really bigger than anybody else's in the real estate industry that I'm aware of. So I want to dive into that a little bit yeah. because I think most people think, hey, you know what? That's Tom Ferry. His dad's Mike Ferry. And uh, this is all just easy for him. But <laughs> yeah. what people don't get is the dedication required yeah. to really have that kind of success. And, yeah. and uh, personally, I think, I mean, obviously, you know more about real estate probably than anybody. I don't know how, I don't know if you actually ever sold homes or not. Did you? I, I started working at my dad's company at 18 years old yeah. and I've been doing this ever since. Okay. So, um, so never sold a home, which, yeah. uh, but still really, in my opinion, you're the icon of the industry. You're really the most respected person in the real estate industry. So congratulations for that. Uh, I see that everywhere I go. Yeah. And I, you know, I could make the argument that I'm not also you with me that, you know, like, like everybody else, like we all find our tribe, sure. like, it's so funny for me when I'll, I'll see someone who's a friend or an advocate or they'll post, oh, hey, you know, Tom and I just did this. And someone will say, oh, you know, that guy, you know, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing, like, I actually kind of thrive on the haters. You with me? Like, because it oh, just, yeah. you know, for me, like, it doesn't, it doesn't bruise my ego. What it does, it says, all right, Tom, you got to do better. 
Do you know what I mean? Just keeping it very real. Like it just tells me I got to do better. I got to do a better job of reaching more people, uh, getting, you know, maybe delivering a different type of value for people. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So yeah, I'm, I'm stoked by like the swan pool stuff, but at the end of the day, like, you know, you and I have talked before, like I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a friend, I'm a, you know, occasional golfer. You know what I mean? Like we're all humans just doing our thing. I'm just very blessed that things like social media became available and I jumped into it early and figured out like, Hey, this is like, this is no different from when I used to send out direct mail or early email, but now like I can actually exchange conversation with people. And you know, for me, like, that's what it's all about. It's like, how, how many more connections can I make? I would get on airplanes flying from, you know, wherever to wherever, the longer, the better. And, you know, would open up Facebook and say, I'm free for three and a half hours. How can I help? Got any questions? And I would literally fly from, you know, New York to LA and I would answer 700 questions in, you know, three hours and not even understanding like the study of Harvard about sustainable happiness. I got that only later on, like just in the last three years that if you want to create sustainable happiness, it's about learning and contribution. I would get off the airplane more lit up than the seminar that I just finished. Right. Yeah. So, you know, social for me is, it's just that it's just a, it's a place to express yourself and a place to connect and contribute. Great. I, I don't see you as one of those people that ever is like, Oh, I feel like I've made it. Uh, yeah, I know. You seem to constantly be, be in growth mode and contribution mode, like you said. So, yeah. I mean, somebody once said to me, Oh, it's Darren Hardy, Darren Hardy. I don't know if he got the actual, if it was his quote, but I, he said it and I was like, yes. He said, Tom, the reason why you're going to win is because dissatisfaction is a symptom of ambition. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I said, is that, is that why I'm angry all the time? <laughs> like it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter how many clients I help. I just feel like then I get pissed about the ones I didn't help. You know what I mean? Like there is just something, I think every agent listening to this or watching this, any, any successful person knows what I'm talking about. Like there's always another level to get to. It doesn't mean that I'm not happy. It doesn't mean that I'm not grateful. It doesn't mean that I don't, you know, go home and kiss my wife and say, I love you, right? I'm not kicking my dog, but it's the recognition that there's just always more to do. How do I prioritize it and get after it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you who are not watching, uh, Tom actually has his own bobblehead on his desk. And, you know, if I had my own bobblehead, I would probably think I had made it. Okay. By the way, this was sent to me. I did it. Remember the guys, there's the, the two guys in, in the insurance business and I'm spaced on them. If you're listening or watching, I apologize. And literally they made one of these for me and sent it to me. And then my team thought it was hysterical. And then they, they made these. And I think they like sent them to all my coaches as some way to torture me. Right. Cause I'm sure these have been kicked in the head many times. Yeah. Just saying. Hey, I, I, I absolutely love it. So, um, Let's dig in for a minute onto social. So I looked yeah. up this morning. You have two hundred and twelve thousand followers or likes on Facebook. Yep. You have one hundred and fifty-four thousand followers on Instagram, and yep. you are verified, by the way. What What does that mean? How do you get verified? How do you get the check mark next to your name on Instagram? I I'm looking at I'm looking at Tristan right now, who's like my world famous uh, videographer, and he he's like this. We have no idea. No, Kristen, um, you're not responsible for that. What's up with this? No, no. You know, I bet, I bet Marnie, who used to work with us, probably um, reached out. We were very lucky, um, you know, having having good relationships with 
people like Raluca Monet at Google or, and I'm now spacing out his name, I'm terribly embarrassed, uh, Keith, who is in charge of all things real estate for Facebook. Um, you know, you start meeting all these people and then you, hey, what, what do we have to do and how do we do it? Yeah. You know, it's funny, like I have it, I think I, I, think I have it on uh, Facebook and I think I have it on Instagram. I don't know if I have it on Twitter. Do I have it on Twitter? They removed no, it. I don't think, I don't think. Oh, because I wasn't active. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped being active on Twitter. Now I'm super active on Twitter. So, you know, I'll, sh you're getting I'll show you. Twitter. So your Twitter, LinkedIn, obviously I can't, all I know is you have 500 plus followers, but yeah. I'm sure your LinkedIn is huge. And then you have Twitter at 52,000 followers. So but again, you're missing the, the one that I'm actually the most proud of, which is like, I think we're almost at 380,000 subscribers now on YouTube. YouTube. Yep. Which video is my thing, YouTube. right? So like that which, should be my biggest. Yep. And YouTube is where all the money's made. That's part of what I wanted to get to as well. I don't sure. know. If, I don't know if that's an income stream for you. No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. I mean, in, so directly or indirectly, right? So directly, do I, you know, do I take advertising dollars from YouTube? Never, never have. It's just not my thing. Um, do I run ads on YouTube? Of course. Yes. Right. Does, does video like it does for every person listening, does it validate consumers decisions? Does it scale your trust? Does it um, attract more of your tribe? Does it also identify who are your deflectors? The answer is yes to all the above. And, you know, funny, like I'm actually just, I'm doing an interview with Gary Vaynerchuk uh, next week. And, you know, like reflecting back on 2009, I was already two years into YouTube and he had started Wine Library, I think in like 2006, right? And the first time we actually met, we were backstage at my summit. And we were like, you know, oh, your show, my show, what do you think? What are you doing? How's this working? And it's going to be fun to like, you know, now do probably my 11th interview with him, you know, 11 years later to talk about how much it's evolved. Like YouTube oh, is, is- he interviewing you, Tom? Say again? He's interviewing you or you're interviewing uh, him? On this one, I'm interviewing him. Okay, I'm interviewing, I'm interviewing, I, you know, he and I were chatting about something like, we need to do a show. So I, mean, okay. funny, I was on my YouTube channel yesterday. I think I've interviewed him, I don't know, legitimately, I don't know, like five or six times on YouTube right? Okay. Or, or in the form of video. But, you know, Gary, like him or not, you know, he was right in a lot of ways about how important it was to be active in social. And, yeah. uh, you know, I give him a lot of, uh, a lot of kudos, a lot of sort of uh, early mentor in strategy, where he really pushed me and said, hey, man, like, be on everything. You don't know if Beluga is going to be the next one. Just like, I, you know, I was on Friendster before I was on Facebook. I was on MySpace, right? Like, it just made sense, right? Go play everywhere. See what you can do. Okay. Right, see which one's going to hit and then where you can do the most value. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you, Gary V has 4.3 million followers. He's posted 1,280 videos on TikTok. Yeah. You yeah. haven't jumped into TikTok yet. You have one video there. Yes. Of someone playing tennis. Yes. So tell us, when are you going to dive into TikTok? Because I think that's a huge opportunity for you. Do I just, I'm looking at, do I tell him the truth? Yeah, let's hear it. When this 12-year-old kid who owns my name finally sells it to me. We need to follow up on that kid and see where we're at with the offer. I'm pissed. Somebody, somebody owns your name. Some 12-year-old kid owns Tom Ferry. And I'm like, you know, like I am a, I'm a brand fanatic, as I hope everyone out there listening is, um, that, you know, you want to own your name, right? Like I did a lot to make sure I had Tom Ferry on Twitter. Facebook, obviously, right on, you know, right on down the line. I think it's super important. So, you know, I, uh, you know, I have done a lot of videos. I've not, I, I am so excited to be, uh, you know, on TikTok when I own my name. But until then, not going to happen.
Well, you know, let's just let's just run with it, Tom, and go with the real Tom Ferry. Oh, oh yeah, I could, probably could do that. You could do that. Why? I'm being interviewed by Brian, but I'm talking to Tristan over here. <laughs> <laughs> and and then uh, you know, once you're certified, everyone knows it is the real Tom Ferry. Yes. Okay. All right. Will you tell Courtney to get that today? All yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, I, I'm you know, coachable. I'm coachable, brother. I'm I'm good. I, I would love to see your stuff out there. I listen to your stuff all the time. And yeah. that's, I guess that's what I wanted to bring up. I yeah. think not only for people who, so I, I don't actively sell real estate today, but I listen to your stuff and that goes to the next item you have is your podcast. You're interview, interviewing yeah. Gary Vee. Yep. Uh, I was fortunate enough to, to get to yep. Thank you. be on your show, but you have this podcast. I don't know what your subscribers are there or your listeners, but I'm sure it's, it's a very big number. Um, but just the podcast as well. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal um, that, that takes a tremendous amount of commitment. Well, so I will tell you, um, uh, I can't share that. <laughs> I have this thought of an email I just sent to my team and I apologize guys. I'm not like not, not revealing something extraordinary, but I'm about to make a change in that. Today, I actually have Mindset Monday. Tuesday is the Tom Ferry Show. Wednesday is my podcast. Thursday is my written blog. And then Friday, Saturday is something that Tristan and I do, which is sort of the vlog, like the, you know, here's just the things that we've been up to and the things that we're learning. And, and then in the middle of all that, I think we're at probably, I don't want to misquote this because I can kind of think of it by Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, probably in the range of 500 original pieces of content that are going out every single month. And that's before yeah. I go into Instagram and I say, got a question, I'm here to help, you know, what can yeah. I share? Like, how can I make a difference, right? Yeah. So, you know, I don't say that to impress you. I say it to, to stress to you that everybody's on their phone and the whole game, I'm going to say it again, is all I'm committed to is delivering value. I want to scale trust. So when you think of my name, I don't care if you say hate them or love them, but you're going to know my name. Like that, that was part of the play. Like I'm going to make sure that I am uh, recognizable. And if you're thinking about doing something that I might just be on the consideration set for what it is you want to do, which is the same thing I tell all my agent clients, same thing yeah. I tell all my broker clients, same thing I tell all the tech companies that I work with. Like you just want to be on the consideration set. So I'm willing to constantly reinvent myself, learn new things, share new things, take the old, rearrange it in a creative way, bring it back out to the marketplace for new listeners, for old, for old listeners and do it at scale and, and help you know, with a team build an army of people around me supporting that because I know at the end of the day, we're in somewhere between the review economy and the trust economy, right? Like, like we've never been before, right? Like we've never been before. And, and if you're not vocal today, if you're not out and about, one could argue that you're not there, right? And I have, I have yeah. contemporaries that you know, used to yell at me, like friends, family, <laughs> you know, you're giving away all of our content for free. <laughs> you know, you're sharing all the best stuff that we charge 300, a thousand, $2,000 for. And my response was, yeah, but you know what? Like there might just be, you know, some kid in Detroit right now who can't afford any of this stuff. And he's 25 and he's like, how do I do this? And if I can help that guy today, that guy or that gal might be the CEO of Remax in 30 yeah. years. And if I touched him there, I might be able to be a friend or a, someone that he turns to or someone that I could turn to for the next couple of decades. And that was always my mindset. Yeah. So give it yeah. all away, give it all away for free. And you know, 
it, it actually catapulted my business to a totally different level because I did so starting 13 years ago. Yes. Yeah. I mean, everything you're doing is, is providing value and you are making a difference. You are touching the lives of those agents. You, I mean, you brought up Gary Vee. If you listen to Gary Vee's interviews, mm-hmm. he actually just brings his people on the show. Hey, tell me what, what's going on. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. But if, if you were to do the same thing, you would find people all the time that are like, Tom, you touched me this way. This is what you did. This is how sure. you impacted my life. So I, I just love that. Um, one of the things you just said uh, reminded me of Grant Cardone. One of, one of my favorite quotes from Grant Cardone is, hey, you love me or you hate me. At least you know me, right? Yeah, <laughs> At least you know my name. So That's totally Uncle G. Yeah. Not my actual uncle. Just <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? And he, uh, that, that statement for him is very true, right? For me, it's true. Oh, yeah. like, I mean, I'll take it personally if somebody like, you know, like says something. You know what? Actually... I don't think a person would say it about me, but when I started this business 16, 17 years ago, people would say things about my dad and I would like almost go apeshit on him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, oh, I met your father and he's done it. And I'm like, uh, you do know you're talking about my dad. Well, you left his company. I'm like, what well, doesn't mean I don't love him? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. people would say stuff to me and I'm looking at him like, uh, how's your mom the bitch? Like, what are you, like, what are you, like, what are you <laughs> doing? Right? Like, this is my family. That well, I take a little personal. Well, I think, I mean, you have, People assume because Mike is your dad, yeah, that you have this unfair advantage. And I would say you have worked your ass off for this, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not your dad that gave you the success; it's you. So, that being said, um, I was in the car driving home mm-hmm. from the lake last night. We were out on the lake boating, and my 14 year old said to my 19 year old, "My 19 year old is a professional photographer." has 125,000 followers on Instagram. Cool. And he just did something on TikTok where he now has 1.5 million followers over the last 30 days. Wow. And, and my 14 uh, year old said, well, for you, it's automatic. And I'm like, automatic? Like, and it reminded me of how people think about you. It's like, no, uh, do you know that he spends six hours a day on that account? Do you know? the creativity that you have to come up with? Do you know the consistency, all those things? So anyway, I just congratulate you, Tom, for, for all of your success there. Yeah. I mean, I love that, you know, the, everyone's got the overnight success story. And look, and, and be, be clear, right? If I look back and say, you know, did I have an unfair advantage? You know, sure. You know, my parents got divorced. I stepped into a leadership role with my mom and my three siblings, an older brother and two younger. And then... You know, did I have an advantage when I was like kicked out of all four high schools? Sure. My parents didn't shoot me, right? But I still finally landed on my feet, got an apartment. When I worked for, for my dad in the very beginning, like he was, like anyone that knows my dad, like you can imagine like what you see on stage is exactly what you get. Like he's tough. He's got that old sort of driver D personality. And, you know, the last name was an advantage and it was a disadvantage. When you work inside a family business in the beginning, like, you know, he just, it was like, here's your desk, here's your phone. Good luck, kid, you're on your own. Figure it out, right? Yeah. Which was awesome, right? Because then I had to become battle tested. You know what I mean? And then, you know, working through and up the ranks and finally earning his trust to be able to ultimately take his business from seven to, you know, 45 million bucks. Like doing that, like I had to earn a lot of respect and trust. Nothing was handed to me, but no one gives a shit about that. Here's the thing, you ready? I'm 31 years into this. I average even today, 12 hours of work. 
right? My wife who, you know, said to me just, you know, last night, she's like, you know, what's going on this weekend? Like, I know you got your Saturday CEO calls and you got this on Sunday, you got that, you know, like, I'm kind of into this. And that's how you become successful. Like these, these people out there that tell people, man, you can get rich fast. You can make money easy. Uh, Brian, like if that shit existed, like, I think I'd be offering it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like being gritty, being consistent, delivering value, pivoting, adjusting, innovating, changing your marketing message, figuring it out, trial and error, test all the time. And if all fails, roll up your sleeves and work. And most importantly, listen to your customer, understand what their issues are, understand what their challenges are. And then if you can help solve that, whether it's for free or for a fee, awesome. Do it all day long and then do it for like three decades and see what happens. That's yeah. what I tell these, like these young 18, 19, 20, 21 year, how do I become, um, they call me Mr. Ferry, which in and of itself is weird, right? Like, <laughs> Mr. Ferry, how do I become successful? I'm like, find something you're super inspired about that either there's already an existing market so you can play in it or it's a brand new market. If it's a brand new market, be very mindful of that, right? And then come out and see how much you can make a difference in there, how many problems you can solve and then do it at scale. And by the way, don't talk about it. Just go do it for a decade. You're 18. You don't know anything yet. You're 22. You don't have enough life experience. I'm going to be 50 in 52 days as we sit here and shoot this. And I still feel like a dumbass most of the time, right? There's still so much of this planet that I do not understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you gave us a little bit of your background and thank you for that. Um, yeah. I think so many people and, and Gary Vee is obviously a big one about this, you know, what's the value of college? I know, I don't think you went to college. No. Uh, did you? You straight out of high school I, uh, with your dad? Well, no. So I actually did do one semester at a, a junior college called Orange Coast College right here locally where I'm from. And I went there because I was single and I was working midnight to nines at a grocery store. And it was basically the only place that I could like socialize and meet people, right? So I was trying to disengage from sort of the, the Mohawk, crazy, you know, punk rock, skate, surf group that I was hanging out with. And I was trying to like find new friends. And, you know, I went there for like, I don't know, three or four months. And I'm like, this is stupid and just left. Yeah. You know, okay. figured out there's other ways to meet friends. So yeah, that was my total college experience. Both my boys go to college. Um, so it's not that I'm anti-college, but I have to tell you, and you know, not to be, you know, too crazy. I think college is the biggest scam on the planet. I think if you, if you truly like, if you fundamentally are saying, hey, I want to become a doctor, I want to be a lawyer, right? Like those are trades, right? But when I look at, uh, you know, because we do so many interviews with these young kids that are coming out of college and I'm like, you have no life experience and you're completely full of shit on what you think the world is like. And I know where all that came from. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I don't like, I am a giant advocate of education. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is the cornerstone. It's one of the most important values I have, which is growth mindset. Keep learning, keep getting better. Um, but I wish in our country, we would go back to trade schools. I wish we would go back to like, hey, what do you really want to do? And if you don't know, hey man, join the military. Yeah. You know, go be of service. Go, you know, go do something and figure out your life. Because the expectation for young people today is really gnarly. And the expectation that a lot of parents put on their kids is even more insane. Um, but I know that's not where you're going, but it's just what's in No, you know, it is. I mean, I think it's, what you bring up is a great point, Tom. And the thing is, so many kids now, the difference has gotten so much larger. So many kids go to school, they come out not knowing what they're going to do. Right. So that's your point on trade school. Whereas, uh, yeah. 
with the social media today, mm-hmm. like if, if what you want to be is in marketing, you can't learn that at school. You can't learn that at a university. My 19 year old, yeah. my two older went to college. My 19 year old yeah. is not going to college. He's already a better marketer than anybody in college could teach him, right? If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. Yeah, there actually are, you know, I, I actually spoke at my, uh, my younger son's college. Remember, Tristan, we did that last year, right, at Chapman, uh, Chapman University in Orange County. And the guy that actually asked me to speak teaches MBA students social and digital marketing. So it exists, but it was super fun. He's like, why don't you come in and explain your business? And I talked about Facebook ads and I talked about creating trust and creating content and like kind of laid out my entire plan. And, uh, you know, it was super fun afterwards because, you know, some of these people work at Disney right now and they're back getting their MBA. So there is stuff like that. Um, But, you know, one could argue that, you know, YouTube and some adult education courses, some mentorship, you know, going to work for your dad's business for a little bit and figuring it out and letting, letting them be effective or a friend's business or starting your own business. Um, you know, there's just, there's just nothing better though than like, I mentor Mike Vance say all the time. It's really hard to, uh, to talk about experiences you're not having. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'd say to my boys, cause you know, it's, you know, raising two boys, is, uh, you know, you know, as a, as a father, right? And, and I'm not knocking anybody out there who doesn't have kids, you know, get some. It's, it's super entertaining. Um, raising these two and saying to them, like, I've got this mix between, hey, I want you to go to college because you can, right? You, got, you have the grades, you're getting a degree, you know, yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, I want you to start side hustle businesses. I want you to figure stuff out. I want you to explore yeah. everything. I want you to try everything, not drugs and all that stuff, but, you know, they're kids, right? But, you know, try everything. Because, man, if you can find what you can get passionate about, then anything is possible. But until you find that passion, you know, there's just, there's just too many stupid things to be doing all the time right now, especially for young people. Right. I, like sitting in front of a, a computer screen gaming all day? Playing video <laughs> game. I mean, look, you know, there's some gamers that make a lot of money, yep. but, yep. you know, but it's like there's, there's like, you know, 25 golfers that make a lot of money. And then there's, you know, tens of millions that don't make anything, yeah. right? So find that thing that you could be super passionate about and just go all in on it, which is, I'm going to just make the statement. I think it's, it's a big reason why so many agents, you know, I don't mean to be rude in any way, shape or form, but it's a big reason why so many agents like struggle in this business, right? It's because they're not like a hundred percent all in on it right? There's always like this plan B in their mind. Like if there's something better or they're looking for the easy way, there is no easy way. Yeah. Right. There's no easy way in business, right? I'm, I'm writing my fourth book right now, 30 million, 200,000 small businesses, 30 million, 200,000 total businesses in the U S Brian, 99.7 of them, 99.7 do less than $10 million a year in revenue, 30 million, 200,000 businesses. 99.7 do less than $10 million a year in revenue. Like 0.3% make up the mid cap and the large cap of businesses in the US, private and, and publicly traded. And of the balance, it's like 90% of the balance do less than a million dollars a year in revenue. Now, I'm not saying any of those people are bad or they're bad operators in their business, but one could argue, one could argue they may not be as committed as they need to be that they started their restaurant because they like food. You with me? And that's really different from, 
you know, talking to, you know, Mr. Puck or, uh, you know, thinking of Nobu, who I, you know, met recently, right? You know, they had a vision. They, they were really into their passion, but they also had a passion for growing their business and doing something remarkable, as you have done with Sisu. Well, real estate's the same way, right? I mean, yeah. so many people come into real estate, I think, because they think that, uh, you know, the, the, what's the network, the, the one they watch about the homes getting remodeled on TV? Oh yeah, HGTV or Million Dollar Listing. Yeah, and, HGTV. You know, they they yeah. fall in love with HGTV and think, oh, so I'm going to go be in real estate part time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, real estate is not showing homes. Those people that come in and think showing homes, it's about it's about prospecting and growing a business and marketing yourself, yeah. right? So yep, I'm looking at these stats right now. This is uh, for me. It's always interesting. Ready? More than 63% of all realtors are women. I think that's a really good thing. Um, I just, you know, nothing against the men, but the women just con consistently outproduce and it's deeper empathy levels, better understanding of people, not, not razzing all my male clients. Um, only 43% of all realtors completed a bachelor's degree or higher. That's interesting to me. I'm going to actually, we're going to do a survey with our Wall Street Journal on the America's Best because I want to ask that same that question. Um, but just, just looking at all these stats on this, this industry that we both care so much for, 20% of all realtors had their license for a year or less. Right. And as it says, you know, 87% fail every five years. Like it's not because the business is impossible. Right. And it certainly isn't a lack of exposure and training anymore because everything is available for free online and YouTube. I think it just comes down to like, are you interested or committed? Yeah. And there's just a lot of people out there. I know for the people that are listening to this, they're like, oh, I'm in man, like fair, you know, come on, Brian, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, man. Like, let's go. Right. And, and I love you and thank you and keep going. Um, but the world would be a better place if a half a million agents left. You with me? We have like 1.4 million agents. Like, what do we really need? 600,000? Right. Maybe. What we need is that top 20%. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. Who continue to outshine, outproduce, outmarket, outinnovate, outnegotiate, serve clients, do it better, do it faster, do it more efficiently. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, do we really need another attorney right now in the US? Really? <laughs> Do, really? do we really need another, do we really need another family member that's selling homes so that they're all competing for my business? Oh my <laughs> goodness. Yes. Yes. So, but we love them, man. We love, we love them all. We love them all. Yeah. We just, I just, I, if I, if I died tomorrow and I certainly don't want to, what I would wish for people is that they really, they, they gave such a shit about their business, the way they do about their family, the way they do about everything else because this business can provide so much, not just for you, but for your family, for your legacy, and for all the people that you touch. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to jump out of social in a second, Tom. I have one last thing I want to Were share. Were we even talking about social? This, no, but <laughs> this is your social profile on Twitter. I wanted to come back to this. Oh, okay. What's it say? Tom Ferry, number one real estate coaching company, entrepreneur, speaker, investor, New York Times bestseller, and then it says, this is what I wanted to get to, text me, and there's your cell phone number. Yeah. So that's a different way of thinking. There are not many people in your shoes that are just handing out your cell phone number on Twitter. So tell yes. me about that. So um, again, I'll give a shout out to Gary V. Uh, you know, he and I were texting one day and I'm like, okay, man, like I know, I know your cell phone. You're not giving out your cell phone. You're giving out a different cell phone. Like, what is that? And he turned me on to it. And it's funny, like I'm literally looking at Tristan right now who has my cell phone across his hoodie, 949-216-5466, 949-216-5466. And, and for me, when I, when I, he and I were texting about it, I'm like, oh, I get it. This is just another way to connect with people. He's like, right. I'm like, how many text messages do you get? He's like, a lot. And I was like, 
And I didn't ask him any follow-up questions. I was like, okay, I'm just going to like, I'm going to go do the same exact thing. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I get 300 to 500 text messages a week and, and it's easy. Like, like I'm looking right now, like, um, so here's a good example. So I send out a happy birthday to every person when it's their birthday. I just think that's just a, that's an easy thing to do. Right. Yeah. Um, and then occasionally I've been on this now, I think for, we think like maybe since the last September, Tristan. So less than, less than a year. I've sent two messages to my entire list, only two, right? So I don't, I don't spam. I'm not marketing to it, right? I, you know, I said like, I think I said, happy new year. That was one, right? And I did one recently because that, you know, during COVID, there were some things like, hey, just heads up, like you might want to consider this. But here's a guy. So Brian Bentley just texted me and said, hey, Tom, I'm, uh, any advice for a title rep on how to grow their business during these times? Like that's the kind of text message I get. So like I can answer this question for you right now live, but it probably wouldn't be appropriate for the, uh, you know, for the listeners, but that kind of stuff all day long. In the beginning, I got a lot of these texts. Is this really Tom? And I would just go like, yeah. hey, Ella, it's really me. And I just shoot him a video. And send it back. <laughs> I feel like, holy shit. Okay. Hey, I'm thinking about buying a brokerage right now. And this is what's going on. Like, and, and then they go into these like really deep questions. Like I don't get light stuff. I mean, I do get the occasion, like how do I grow my business, which is kind of vanilla, right? But I do get things like, um, uh, my wife's having an affair and she's my number one agent on my team. What do I do? Like I get those kind of questions text to me. And, and I, you, I don't, and you way, respond, you respond. 1,000%. One, 1, exactly. That's, 1, that's, what, that's what impresses me so much. Yeah. I mean, it's like Twitter. It's somewhat limited in terms of like text. You can only go so far in terms of like really communicating with people. Like, I mean, really, really, but sometimes I just go like, Hey, if I called you right now, will you answer? You know, because when you hear something like that, like that's like, that's like the, that's this gal, Rosita Perez, who was an amazing speaker back in the 90s. She had this line. She said, big stuff, you're born, big stuff, you die. Everything else in the middle is pretty small stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And I know what she was saying. She's like, don't let everything be so massive for you all the time, right? Like have some emotional sense and emotional control. But when I get a text like that, like that's real. My spouse is having an affair. And she works on my team. What do I do? What, what do you text that person? Yeah. Hey, you should go yeah. see a counselor and have some therapy. I'm like, yeah. dude, tell me what's going on. Like, what, what happened? How are you the cause of this? How? Never met that person. Yeah. But like, you know, I just think like, I don't know. That's a, if you ever met my biological mom, and I have quite a few moms um, and love them all. My biological mom worked for Walt Disney. She was a mouseketeer. Uh, you know, like worked at Disneyland. My dad, by the way, also worked at Disneyland. He was like a, I think like pushing a broom. Really? Uh, but my mom's like the one that implanted in my head a million years ago. You know, just do good by people. Just do good. If you just do good by people, like good things happen, right? She was very like, you know, 60s karma, hippie, you know, just do good things. And that's why I give out my cell phone. Yeah. Do good things. Yeah, it's great. So I, I think it's the coolest thing ever. I love it. Um, so let's talk about the similarities between running your business, this mm -hmm. huge coaching company, and running a real estate business. It's the same. It's so the same. It's nuts. So, um, so are you telling us that if we all duplicated, if everyone in real estate, not me, but if everyone in real estate duplicated what you're doing and applied that to real estate, they would be the number one agent in their market? Um, I, could, uh, I could argue emphatically with case studies and examples and names of people that have done exactly what you just said. 
and that now they maybe they don't put out four original pieces of content shows the way I do, but they do their how's the market show. They do their behind the scenes show. They, they do their version, right? The same way, but let, let's talk about business. Ready? So number one thing in business is what is the total addressable market, right? How many clients can I serve? Right? Then how ambitious am I, right? How many people do I want to serve? Then do I have the budget and the means and the team necessary to go do that? So I got to start building all that stuff in the beginning, sweat equity, right? And then ultimately you, you, you know, leverage yourself and you hire one and people say, oh, I don't want to hire salespeople. They're horrible. And I'm like, look, if you were to go hire five salespeople on your team that were 50% as effective as you, 50% times five is 250% greater output than you get on your own. Go do that, right? That's why I've got 187 business coaches. That's why I have, you know, so many speakers and trainers and internal team because I understand the power. It's the force multiplier, right? So yeah. does the same thing apply to a real estate agent? 1000% yes. Yep. Does the same thing apply to what is the highest and best use of your time? Do that and only do that and then find really good talented people around you that are really good at doing everything else that needs to be done. Real estate is, is a simple but extremely complex business, right? Complex because there's a lot of moving parts. There's the emotion of the buyers. There's emotion of the sellers. You got, you know, the, the mortgage side, you have no control. The title side, you have no control, but it's relatively easy. Closing services, throw COVID in the middle of all of that, right? Search to close. There's 75 different pieces of software you could use, should use, and don't use, right? Like, it gets a little complex. Mm -hmm. And what I tell people is like, I think about my client, Tim Smith, right? And I say, Timmy, what do you love to do more than anything else? He's like, I love going on listing presentations. I'm like, why? He goes, I love going into people's houses and saying, how would I market this? How could I sell this? What can I do? And he goes, and the truth is, I love getting to know my clients because every human being you meet has an extraordinary story in them. And he's like, half my listing presentation, if I don't already know them, if they're not a past client or a sphere or like a, even a referral, he says, it's just talking about you guys. Like, how'd you get here? How did you get to the situation? What do you guys want to accomplish? Why do you want to go there? What about, what have you considered? He's like, I love it. And Brian, like that's his listing presentation. Oh, by the way, and I sell a lot of houses and I'm the number, you know, 10 team in the world, right? And number one in Orange County and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he doesn't have to say all that stuff, right? right. So, so when he said to me 11 years ago, when we started working together. Now think back to what, year it was 11 years ago, 2009, my friends, you with me? The market in the high end was decimated, right? It was an REO short sale environment at 2008, actually, when we started together. And, you know, so, hey, you got one assistant, let's get a second assistant. Let's bring in a marketing coordinator. Let's outsource all of our stuff to the transaction coordinator at your company. They have it all. Pay the 250, 350 bucks. Don't do that. Now let's only have you focus on how do we get more listings? Then we started building repeatable and scalable listing attraction processes, processes for open houses, process for geographic farm, process for digital advertising, process for videos, prospect for past, you know, past clients and sphere. That's all I've done in my business. It's the same. That's, that's what every business in my, in my limited experience of business, that's what everybody should do. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's the same thing. Find so, and attract talent and scale like crazy. So everyone I know in real estate that is ultra successful has a coach. Yep. Or, right. a, or a mentor or, yeah. a, you know, like a, a friend or someone that they it, turn to. It, you could, know, be, yes. it could be a team yes. leader. It could be somebody yeah. like that as well. But a broker, they, you know, a buddy. They, yeah. 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 So, so tell us, why is that so important? 
you know what a coach really does? And again, you got to remember, like, there's different, there's different, there's a different life cycle and a different place for people. So if you're new, what does a coach do? Do you ever, do you ever um, were you ever in the military? No. Okay. So, so me neither. Um, and God bless everybody that was, and thank you for your service. Um, in, in the military, going back to my days with Mike Vance, who, you know, worked with Walt Disney, created the Disney University, you know, launched Epcot, like just an extraordinary, like just such a blessing to be a, a protege of his. He said, we would study the military and one of their patterns was the XY theory of management, right? X is basically tell people exactly what to do, right? Load your gun this way, shoot it that way. Do X and you live, right? Like that was, that's basically how they did their training. Yes. And at Walt Disney, there was a similar path. Like if you were just coming in, it was like, hey, you're in charge of this roller coaster, do it like this exactly or someone's gonna get hurt, right? So that's X. Y is I'm talking to someone like, Tim Smith or Jill Biggs or, you know, your wife, right, is an excellent example. She's at a different level. With that person, they need a different style of coaching. They need like, okay, so tell me, like, you know, during COVID, you had one of the most, ex you know, extraordinary runs, April, May, and into June. What did you do better? What worked? What didn't? Let's analyze it. Let's look at the data. Let's look at the numbers. What do we see together? And then let's craft a message and a story and a strategy around that. Both of those are coaching. Yes. You with me? So, so what I find, because I get a lot of phone calls from people that, that technically I don't coach, but they call me anyway, and I'm not, not going to name names because they would all be, well, no, they wouldn't be embarrassed, but it was just, you know, whatever. Like, it's just, I just do it because they, they text, Fair, you got two minutes? I'm like, sure, I have an hour and a half. Let's go. Because <laughs> no one has, it's, there's never two minutes, right? I'm like, no, no, no. What, what's yeah. your issue? Well, I'm up to 175 salespeople on my team, but I'm really struggling with the fact that my bottom 50% really never sell a house and they eat up all my resources. What do I do? Right? Now that person's actually looking for some X, right? But you have to honor the fact that they are at Y. Yes. That they are almost like maybe take, take X, Y and then put Maslow's hierarchy, right? Over the top of it is a way to look at it, right? Yeah. The bottom is like, oh my God, help me get a deal, right? And the top is, how do I become more self-actualized? How do I become more recognizable? I wanna start a charity. I wanna take my business from, you know, 200 deals to 2000 deals. How do I do that? You with me? So, you know, to me, men, it's, it's mentorship and, it's, and then coaching is like, the difference is, is the accountability side of it, right? It's the, it's the two brains being better than one. I mean, obviously I'm a fan and I've also, I'm coached. Right. You know, Jay Abraham was, was working me for the last year. Right. I mean, you know, here's one of the greatest marketing minds on the planet. Like the last time he stopped tracking, he was at like $22 billion in direct sales, not real estate. Like he was selling pens. He was selling stuff like this. He was selling gold and diamonds back in the day. Like, you know, Tony Robbins says he's the greatest marketer ever, right? Ever. So, so what is it worth it to, to spend time with him, to trade a few shekels for his 40 years of wisdom, that's just a no-brainer to me. I, I, I don't even like reading books. I, I really don't. I write books, right? But like I listen to Blinklist because I want it in 15 minutes or less. Yes. Do you like Blinklist? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I do. Right? I'm just ripping through like two to three books and then like, you know, like, like I just listened to the one on Jay-Z and his story. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm more interested now. Now I want to go deeper. I actually want to read the book. I want to go beyond that. But you get a taste of what's possible and yep. you give all these cool little nuggets. You're like, I want more. I actually got introduced to that by listening to one of your podcasts. Oh, there you go. There you so. go. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of like, get it as fast as you can. 
because I think, you know, sort of if I had a superpower, it'd be, I'm pretty good at synthesizing a lot of information and then simplifying it into uh, sort of a cohesive, easy to use strategy. Like that's kind of the way my brain just seems to work. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I know we were talking about coaching, but I totally yeah. went a different no, direction. No, I apologize. Great. So I, uh, Tom, maybe, uh, maybe Tom Ferry needs some ADD medication. I don't know. <laughs> you, you and I both. So we don't have a lot of time. Please left, don't, but, please don't like, send me any if you're, if you're out there. You know, know. N- none of the things that I sent you that I wanted to talk about, we've even gotten into, but I really want to get your take on the real estate industry and where it's yeah. going. This is kind of a selfish question being the sure. CEO of CISU. Yeah. Like, where's the real estate industry going? Where should we be focused? Um, um, you know, you talked about if your ideal world, yeah, the bottom 80% of realtors would be gone. They're never going to go away. They're never, yeah. I mean, NAR, NAR would never have it, you know, state associations need it. And I guess to a certain degree, we need it from the standpoint of, uh, you know, the governing body that can go rally 1.4 million, you know, potential votes to sort of sway our way, though. That didn't really work out too well with us with the salt tax, just saying. Um, <laughs> you know, I... <sighs> I have a lot of opinions about, I think, where it's going to go. And I'm actually working on my summit right now. And, and one of the things I'm looking at is trying to synthesize what I think are the, the sort of next five, six most important trends for, you know, my friends and clients to be, you know, sort of pushing their way towards. Um, the last time I did this was probably seven years ago. And what if I told you, like, the number one trend was teams will totally take over real estate right? And then I talked about there's going to be, you know, multiple different types of teams, right? And, and now when I look today, because back then we, we kind of, uh, there was no measurement of it, but we thought there's about 30,000 teams in the US. And that's husband and wife, father, son to, you know, this, you know, Stark and all these monster, you know, uh, you know, multiple state and regional teams. Um, so I, I think that was obvious. I think the future though coming up is, is a little less obvious. And I think the, the digital transformation of our home and work life because of COVID, um, I'm going to say this to you, and please understand when I say this, there are always blessings in tragedy, right? There's always a, a silver lining, something that comes out of this. And, and I think for a lot of us, um, and again, like, you know, I have friends that got very ill, and I know a lot of people that have suffered through this. So I'm not, I'm not a, like an asshole, like be really clear, but in business, you know, Think, think about just workspace. Like, will we ever really go back to the office? My team has been super productive. Now, a lot of them, it's driving them nuts because they, they miss the social aspect, yeah. right? So what's going to happen to real estate like offices? Are we really going to need offices? Like really, right? Is someone ever going to really figure out search to, search to close on one, one piece of software? A lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people are pouring a ton of money into it. And VCs seem to be super enamored by it. They will put hundreds of millions of dollars towards that because it's such a massive, massive deal. Um, but that, that stuff's going to sort itself out, right? We're going to get there, right? Someone's going to do that. I think the stuff that's far more interesting is um, you, you start looking now at the lead aggregators, right? And I use that term, you know, you know what I'm talking about, the yeah. Zillow, Homelite, Trulia, Realtor, et cetera. They've all figured out, hmm, okay, we can only charge so much for a contact. Now let's all go to a transaction fee. You know that, um, and before you get angry about this as you hear this, you know, it's the same thing that Loan Depot is doing. It's the same thing that Quicken's doing. It's the realization, my friends, that there is an $86 billion GCI play at stake. 
and the real estate industry outside of Rilogy, Remax, Berkshire Hathaway, Keller Williams, and a few up and comers. And I'm not, I'm not knocking EXP or Compass or, you know, Weikert and all like they're, you know, they're not at massive scale yet. Right. Everybody's looking and saying this industry is still a cottage industry. It's still a cottage industry. It's still an industry with no standards, no guidelines. Please don't kill anybody. Please don't, you know, make any mistakes. Don't sell the wrong address. Like, you know, all that stuff. That's just like common sense stuff, right? I hope it's common sense. But I think that there is, there is room for true disruption because whoever controls the consumer wins the game, right? That's why you look at Zillow, you look at Realtor, you look at Trulia, you look at, um, Homelight, you look at Upnest, you get all these companies. There's a reason why they're so well backed financially. Yeah. So, so the question is, what agent or brokerage is going to say, you know what, I'm going all in on this because I think that's the massive play. Eighty-six billion dollars in commissions. And oh, by the way, I'm talking to my friend Michael Polzer yesterday, who has twenty-seven thousand agents in Europe. There's seven hundred million people in Europe, Brian. We only have like 330 or 340 million in the US. Like that's nothing, yeah. right? There's 700 million people there, right? There's, there's probably $200 billion in commissionable income. You don't think somebody really smart is going to go after that? So I'm not, I'm not totally answering the question because I'm going to save it for my summit. But I'll tell you, I am, uh, I'm super bullish on real estate agents. I'm super bullish on brokerage, but I'm mostly bullish on how we're going to transform the transaction and the experience for the client because that's where the action is, right? The play is I open up an escrow or I start a pending sale and it's no different from looking at my phone and seeing that my Uber driver is going to be here in 14 minutes. Like we're going to get to that, right? So yeah. those are just a few of my thoughts. Yeah, that's great. Great feedback. And I'm going to, I'm going to text you tomorrow and say, Tom, you got a minute? That means I want <laughs> if you have so, my cell phone, you can text me. Uh, um, I know we're out of time. Is there anything yeah. you want to share about the summit before, before we end? Um, I mean, sure. Look, I mean, if you're listening, first of all, thank you. And, and I don't know if this was a normal podcast, but you know, Brian, like you and I have gotten to know each other. So, you know, I feel very just comfortable just, just hanging and having a conversation with you. So uh, what I would say to people out there is, you know, I'm bummed because, you know, I launched this event. It'll be, this is my 17th year of doing it. And every year we get more and more people and it's a place where all my friends get together and they, they hang out and, and we bring in world-class speakers and it's like, it's an amazing experience. And now the whole thing is digital. So what I'm really excited about is I'm going to make it the most extraordinary digital experience on the planet. And I also recognize that my clients right now, like your clients are busier than they've ever been. Like real estate is the tale of the two right now. Yeah. You're either super busy and your only issue is, oh my God, Ferry, how do I get more time? Like, Cause I'm getting that one nonstop. I'm so busy. I've got multiple offers. I'm launching listings. I'm doing inspections. Like I have an assistant, I need seven. And then you have people that, that couldn't sell a house if it landed on them right now. Like that's, that's the, like the, the degree of separation, if you will, between the haves and the have nots today in our industry. Yeah. So I'm mindful of who my client is. And I'm like, look, this is everything we're going to cover minute by minute. What's going to happen? Be in it for as long as you can and get what you need. You know what I mean? Two and a half days. How about this, Brian? I'm asked, I asked 15 of the most remarkable agents on the planet, you know, 2 million to call it $14 million a year in revenue. Break down for me in 10 minutes or less, one part of your business, how you do it, why you do it, how it works, what you say, what frequency, what do you send, what service providers, the, the level of detail 
in call it 150 minutes from 15 different agents, one could argue it would be worth eight to $10 million in, in commission income, like pretty easily, right? I mean, I, I believe, as you believe, that success leaves clues. And the last thing you want to do is reinvent the obvious, right? I want to R&D the obvious. I don't want to reinvent it. R&D is like rip off and duplicate. So Absolutely. just like just that little section of the summit I'm super pumped about, and you'll be the first to hear it. Gary V just signed on and, uh, and he's going to be a guest speaker. Joseph McClendon III, who is Tony Robbins' right hand, right? The yeah. longtime buddy of mine lives down yeah. the street, right? Joseph's going to be there. And I can't tell you the third one because we haven't signed the agreement yet. But, you know, my, my promise for people is, you know, if you truly want to have an exceptional business, if you want to stand out, if you want to become the agent in your town, whether that is a town of 10 or a town of, you know, 10 million, like that's what the summit's all about this year. How do you scale trust and make sure that you're on the consideration set of the largest number of consumers in your area that don't know you? And of course, the ones that do. That's what it's about. So everybody listening to this, I'm sure you're going to end up going to the summit in your living room this year. And, yeah, uh, it's yeah, yeah. Or on your phone. You've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. So Tom, thank you so much. I know we're out of time. It's been amazing. Uh, everyone knows how to reach you, his cell phone. It's just on Twitter. Go find it. Yep. And uh, Tom, thanks again. Look forward to catching up again soon. Yeah, man. And I'll just say, listen, Brian, thank you. It's been really cool getting to know you and, and you know, learning more about your story and your life. So thank you for, uh, for allowing me to just to chill and be me. And, uh, and thank you for creating Sisu. You know, so many of my clients are, are using this now and our coaches get to get really help make quantitative decisions. A little less, how do you feel? And a lot more, let's look at the numbers. And that, my friend, is a blessing. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Glad we can make a difference. Thanks, cool. Tom. All right, guys. See you soon. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co. S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the real estate growth mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.